Welcome to the Life Success Legacy Podcast. We're glad you're here, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Welcome back, podcast listeners. Um, uh, once again, this is definitely not the voice of Chris Bay, which you are used to hearing his um, wonderful voice on our podcast. Um, however, today we have a special uh, interview with an- another team member with the Life Success Legacy team. Um, I have on the line with me Chris Garrett. Hey, Chris, how you doing? Hey, Mike. Uh, glad to be here. Awesome, man. Doing well. Awesome. Hey, um, this is unique in a couple of ways, right, Chris? We're uh, we're actually doing this via um, a phone call, right? Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so normally um, for the podcast listeners, you aren't seeing us, but normally we're in um, Mike's office or somebody's basement, um, all sitting around a microphone having a jolly time. But in this case, uh, Chris Garrett is calling us in from the Philadelphia area. And um, we wanted to make sure that everybody heard his story. He's um, one of our newer team members, if you will. I mean, he's been around for a while, but in terms of uh, the team's growth, he's definitely one of the the fresher faces, and um, we couldn't be more excited to have him on board. So uh, let's dive into this, Chris. Um, The first thing I kind of want to get to know a little bit is sort of the, the way you got introduced to infinite banking. Yeah, well, you know, like most people, when I heard of this topic for the first time, I didn't really have a frame of reference. I had I'd never heard of IBC before. In fact, uh, when in, anybody starts talking about using life insurance as an asset, I had always been taught that that was the worst place to put your money. That's prevalent knowledge in, in our financial industry right now. So Right, right. You know, and and even hearing the terms IBC, I, I didn't have any context for what that stood for. But a friend of mine who is also a friend of Chris Bay's, you know, in a in a conversation I was having with this mutual friend, mm-hmm. you know, he's telling me a story about how he had just paid off his truck. Oh wow! And that was surprising to me because several conversations we've had previous to that. He had been talking about what a burden that debt was and how he may have to get rid of it or downsize. So to have a conversation with him where he says, I paid it off. Yeah. Obviously, you know, turned on a light bulb in my brain. And I said, well, well, how, what happened? How, how did, how did you come to to be able to do that? And he said, oh, Chris, you got to talk to Chris Bay about IBC. Okay. And, and And I did. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I um, I guess I was going to say, uh, so you knew Chris Bay beforehand? Is that what you're saying? Right. Yeah. Chris Bay and I had been friends uh, for quite a while, and this conversation had never come up before. Right. Between you and Chris is what you're saying. Right. Yeah, well, okay. or, between, or between me and any of our other mutual friends. So. I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, and, and that really, you know, that's that's a good point because that really speaks to, you know, a lot of times if a friend of yours gets into some kind of a, a uh, what we might consider a gimmick or things like that, you know, the first thing they want to do is try to get all their friends and family involved. And and uh, this is not what that's about. Right. In fact, I discovered that because when this mutual friend of ours said, oh, you got to talk to Chris Bay about IBC. The first thought in my mind was, (laughs) 
oh my gosh, well, okay, what, what are you selling juice now? Are you selling right. soap? You know, how many people do I have to get it? I'm not interested. Yeah. I'm not yeah. interested. You were looking at it as a multi-level marketing um, or some sort of ploy to get you involved in an Amway type of thing, right? It, exactly. You know, right. those are things that, that I had experienced my parents do and I've experienced friends of mine. And I've just, I've had no interest. Right. It's definitely not and, your wheelhouse. No, no. And and, and I don't like the coercive nature of a lot of those tactics, you know, really try to get people into something, whether right. they have any use for it or not. Right. So I, so I did what everyone else probably would do in that situation. And I did not go talk to Chris Bay. <laughs> I went to talk somebody else. You yeah. Know? You did everything but what they asked you to do. Exactly. exactly. Because I was skeptical. Yeah, of course. I mean, I was... And I think that skepticism, that's, that's the, the next part is, you know, for those of you who've listened to our other podcasts, um, Chris Bay definitely had some serious skepticism um, surrounding, you know, Mike Everett, surrounding the concept, the whole idea of using whole life insurance um, as a way to finance your life. You know, all of those things played into his skepticism where he researched it for nine months. Uh, what was your path? So my path was a little bit shorter than that. Um, some of that has to do with with the fact that I was searching. So I I was already disillusioned with the whole four hundred one k IRA Roth IRA approach. Right. I like everyone else. You know, that's what I was taught to do, and that's right. what I've been doing for years. And I didn't have a lot to show for it, Mike. I mean, mm -hmm. especially after I lost, much like everybody else did, you know, significant portions of that in, in 2008. And, and my, I, you know, I'm, I'm a computer engineer by, uh, by education. So that, that's where my degree and my experience has been. So I'm comfortable with numbers and calculations and, and science and things like that. So just looking right. at and, and, and understanding that, you know, losing money and then, you know, getting some positive years after that, you know, people usually feel good about that. Uh -huh. But the math behind it is it takes so long just to get back to where you were, oh, let yeah. alone get to where you could have been. And, you know, that kind of thinking, I was already saying, I don't like this. I don't like losing and then recovering. I don't like not being able to access it. I don't like all the rules, regulations, and then even future tax deals that I've got to um, calculate in later. Those are just things I didn't want, and I was looking for something else. So my my time my turnaround time on the research was a little bit quicker than than Bay probably. Right. But that's also because I had him and Everett as fantastic coaches. Exactly. I read the book eventually. <laughs> uh, I, I talked to people that I trusted mm -hmm. and it really, I really started to turn around and got more interested in the concept. I, I would gotcha. say it probably, you know, it's probably about three months for me. Okay. And I think you just brought up another point that is more similar to my train of thinking than, um, you know, and I know Chris and Mike agree with this also, but I was really uh, disenfranchised with the the four hundred one k path, the management of my own funds, and in my in my interview with Chris, um, I expressed 
a lot of concern and stress that was surrounding that because I felt like I had to be a hawk all the time watching and monitoring and at the same time working at the time a very stressful long hour long days you know lots of hours type of job um and so it definitely is a concern when you have to start thinking about all those other factors and managing it yourself and you've ran the numbers on how much time it takes to regain what you've lost and it definitely doesn't play in our favor does it no it doesn't and and you know it's it's funny when you talk about watching things like a hawk uh i i was my wife and I were, you know, eight, nine years into our Dave Ramsey strategy. Right. Now, I love what that philosophy, I love how it teaches discipline. I love how it mm -hmm. teaches, you know, attacking debt. There's some really quality things there. Yes. But there's one thing that didn't quite ever make sense to me. And that was as I started paying cash for my vehicles, I kept ending up at zero. And that's the, I think that the people, when people realize that that's kind of the first thing that, that throws you off a little uh -huh. bit when you're, you're real excited about getting out of debt and, and starting to pay cash for everything is that well, I save up cash and I buy a vehicle and then I got to start all over again. Right. Exactly. I'm not gaining any compound growth on zero. Exactly. And that was part of my search because I thought there's got to be a better way. And what I realize is with IBC, there's something else philosophical that changes mm -hmm. when I'm, when I'm doing my, you know, my, uh, what I would call the scarcity approach, which is I'm hoarding, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my, you know, tight grip on everything. I'm, I'm limiting what I spend, you know, I'm not flowing anything. I'm trying to, to keep it safe myself. Right. Uh, and I feel like the, the way I was doing Dave Ramsey kind of falls into that. Mm -hmm. I am watching things like a hawk because I'm so scared that any mistake is going to throw us off because it feels that way. Right. Versus it's... when I learn how money actually flows, how to use it efficiently, how to get more than one use out of it. Watching like a hawk is more like, you know, watching something that you're excited to watch. Everything seems like an opportunity. <laughs> right. And it's so much more fun yes. and freeing. So, yeah, I don't wake up in the morning worried if the stock is going to go up or down or, you know, any of that stuff. And that's definitely a freeing feeling, isn't it? Well, and beyond that, I don't wake up in the morning wondering what I'm going to do for my kids' college education or what right. my wife and I are going to do when we hit the passive income years. We have a strategy. <laughs> That answers all those questions. Exactly. Exactly. So, Chris, when you finally had a chance to read the book, you said it took you a little while, but you did sit down and read it. Um, did you have any sort of uh, epiphany associated with it or uh, clarity or um, did it fuel any additional skepticism? Well, I'll, I'll put it this way. I finished the book. And, and when I got the book, I was still skeptical. So what I did is I, I bought the cheapest Becoming Your Own Banker I could, book I could find, which was the Kindle version. Oh, my. So I read it on like an iPad. Yeah. And as soon as I finished, I looked at my wife and I said, you've got to read this book. <laughs> this is going to change our lives. Right. Right. Of course, I immediately ordered a, a 
you know, a hard copy that mm-hmm. I could actually flip through right. more easily. Make notes. But but I'll never forget that moment because it, it, it hit me. I didn't quite understand all of it. I didn't quite see how it all worked, but I got the the basic premise of it right that ibc is a strategy it's not a product it's a strategy and once you understand the process of how banking works and how to apply that to your life it will change your life and that's exactly what i felt in that moment exactly well you know nelson says in his book you should be in two jobs one is the one you make money and the other is banking and banking is more important um that's right and so uh speaking of that um Give us a little background on on you. We've talked a lot about uh, infinite banking and you know that type of stuff, but um, give us a little background on you and your family. Yeah, well, like I was saying before, you know, I I went into college not really sure what I wanted to do, but somebody said I was good at computers, so that's what I did. Uh, <laughs> ended up going through you know the computer engineering degree, graduated from the University of Kansas. And I've been in in the IT field and, and specifically IT consulting field, right? Ever since, so okay. you know a lot of things that I do is around or have done in the past is around, um, you know, designing and architecting, you know, solutions for people, and then helping them understand how those solutions work and benefit them. And and how would you think that that is applied to your um, infinite bank? Um, infinite banking coaching strategies, if you will, when you, when you speak to um, people who want to know what you do or have interest in how you're managing your finances? Yeah, you know, it's funny how, how so similar they end up being. You know, what we're talking about here is, is a concept that's unfamiliar to people. Mm-hmm. They want to learn more about it and when they want to know how it benefits them. So, you know, as coaches, when we have a conversation with people it's it's talking to them about what they're trying to accomplish what goals they have for themselves and and how this strategy helps them achieve what they're trying to do exactly it really comes it really feels almost the same to me except this is so much more purpose driven and fulfilling right and i think fulfilling is such an interesting term with when when it comes to um talking about infinite banking, it, it seems weird to think that doing this and uh, talking to people is as fulfilling as it is, but it definitely does give you that sense of, you know, that fulfillment and pride that you're helping people figure this stuff out. And that's definitely something that's helped drive you, right? Well, and here's, you know, that's absolutely right, Mike. And, and one of the, you know, internal secrets, I suppose, for our team is that we we all are are goal achievers or we might even say dream chasers right mm-hmm. so once once we discovered that there is a way to efficiently and effectively go after the things that you want in life right and the financial component once once you have a strategy and a plan around that chasing down dreams becomes fun exactly i mean it's it's exciting and what we want to do is help everyone else do the same thing because it's it's just as satisfying helping somebody else mm-hmm. achieve a goal or a dream in their life as it is to achieve our own. Exactly, and that's something we've talked about many times in our team meetings is that sort of the thrill of helping somebody else is the adrenaline. It's a similar adrenaline rush to that of helping 
our families and our futures um, at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, Chris, um, I really appreciate um, your time. I know you're um, busy and um, finding time to, to squeeze in this phone call uh, is uh, definitely uh, not always easy, but I appreciate your time, and I'm sure that our podcast listeners will really enjoy hearing a little bit about your story. Um, for those of you who are listening to our podcast, we appreciate that. And as always, we recommend that if you haven't read Nelson's book, um, Becoming Your Own Banker, we suggest going to our website and purchasing that book. Um, uh, also on our website, you'll find our other previous podcasts as well as a wealth of other resources that we are continually working to add um, to. Um, So with that, uh, Chris, thank you for your time. Absolutely. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're very welcome. And um, everybody have a great rest of your day.